thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. series unwrap. When I was a youth pastor, um, I, I loved youth ministry, but the hardest part of youth ministry is every six years, you end up graduating a bunch of youth kids, and they, they move on, and it was awesome, but it was also very sad. It was like a, it was like a love-hate relationship, bittersweet. It was, and I remember we would grab all the seniors around and we would lay hands on them, we would pray over them, and then we would bless them and send them out. Now, some of them didn't go anywhere. They just came back, and uh, we couldn't do anything with those guys. But the ones who were sent out, some went to colleges, universities, and, and really brought the gospel. Our hope was that they would bring the gospel to their college campus. And we're in a season of our church where we, we started with 35 people at Luminous Church, and we had um, several people from Midland, Texas move down, and they were a part of our original, what we call, launch team. And, and this launch team was all about just kicking off a church and really trying to get it to the next place, into a healthy place, into growth that's sustainable with healthy discipleship, amazing worship, and okay sermons. And so that's what we tried to do, and, and that's what this group tried to do. I think they did just a phenomenal job. And if you don't know anything about church plans, if, if we don't get over the 200 people mark in the first four years, we'll cease to exist as a church, statistically. Now, God can do whatever he wants, so maybe that's why you're like here and somebody's been inviting you 20 times. Every time they see you, they're like, come to church, come to church, come to church, because they like Luminous, and they want it to be around in the next couple of years, and so, so that's our whole goal, our whole mission is to grow and, and really see God do something incredible. Last week we had 180 people attend Luminous Church, which was, that's incredible. That's awesome. That's not even on a baby dedication Sunday. So, so God is faithful in that, and we know that he's continually growing his church. But a couple of our original launch team members have some life transitions, and it kind of feels like a graduation to me where we've been laying hands on them, praying for them, and blessing them, and sending them out. So a couple of those transitions... Jake, Tom, and Jill came up a couple of weeks ago. Jill Snelson, her mom, um, has been diagnosed with an illness, and so they're going home to be around her, to love her, be faithful to that. I appreciate them hearing from God. And so we pray for them and bless them. And then, and then a couple of weeks later, I found out that several more people are leaving, and, and, and sometimes I wonder, what did I do? And I didn't do anything. It's, uh, it's just life transition and how God moves, and I think it's really going to, um, you'll see in a moment how it's freed up some space for some people to step up to the plate. And so 
system. One of those people is they're getting married. And that's good news. Nothing bad about marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was an opportunity, man. You got to capitalize on that. It's an opportunity. So Elisa Lueveno is, is engaged. She's going to get married. She's going to Corpus Christi. She was here for in campus ministry for two years. She's done a total of 10 years of campus ministry. Eight with Texas State, two here. And she really was a um, just an amazing woman who impacted this campus and discipled many, many college girls here at UTSA. And I'm so thankful for her. Blessed by her friendship. Uh, we don't want her to go so bad that we let her move in with us. And uh, it didn't work. So she's leaving. She's getting married. But it, it really gave Austin Fontenot an opportunity to raise his partnership team because he's a full-time missionary. And now he's fully funded and can fully focus on the campus, which I'm thankful for that. So Elisa coming has enabled Austin to really be fully funded on the campus to continue the ministry. And, and I know that Deb Coates is raising her partnership team as a missionary. And she's going to help disciple some of those college girls and really champion our Every Nation campus ministry. Another person who we're crossing our fingers hoping that he's going to get married is Tyler Snelson, and, and we've been praying for him, longing for this day. But uh, Tyler needs to go back to Midland to get a real job instead of like volunteering all of his savings account here at Luminous. He needs to get a real job to pay for that real ring that hopefully he'll really get. So, so I'm excited about Tyler making that transition, and then, and then lastly, um. We had a phenomenal couple, and their boy um, was born in San Antonio. He is a San Antonio resident, citizen, and, uh, and he was born here, but he's been really sick, uh, real sickly, and he's been in the emergency room several times, and, and they just need the grandmas around. How many know there's nothing like a grandma who can hold a sick baby? So David and Lauren will be moving back to Midland um, here in the next season, and and uh, we love them. They have been faithful. Um, but we're also excited that there's going to be many people stepping into roles. So Tiffany Chapman is going to step in as the kids director. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we'll, we'll officially announce that. Maybe that was official because some of you and So we'll officially take that. And then I know Chastity Cantu is going to oversee our nursery toddler as a coordinator. That's awesome. Um, she dedicated her baby, so she cares about babies, apparently. She'll do a great job back there. And then I know that um, Brady Chapman is going to oversee our elementary for a season and just lead that. So, so I know that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of holes when people leave and who carry a lot of weight in the church. But it's really an opportunity for a lot of people to step up. Um, we're losing two guitars. We're, we we didn't have a drum set today. We, we played drum tracks, and you didn't notice. That's what's awesome. And, um, but, but we need a drummer. We need, we need, we need guitarists. We need, we need different people up on our worship team. And I think it's a great opportunity, like Christian Chapman, who stepped up and started playing guitar. And so, so um, Ashley, Victoria, and Julia are going to champion our worship ministry. They've done phenomenal. They're an incredible team. Um, they're, it's like the best package in the world, like getting all three of them. So it's incredible. We're excited what's happening. It is sad. It is mournful. Um, if you're a guest with us, then, then you don't even care. Welcome. Welcome to church. It's awesome having you here. If you have your Bibles, please open them up to Psalm 34. And before I do that, I want to pray for everybody who's in transition. And so I don't want to move on too quickly, although the clock is ticking. Father, we love you. And God, just 
like I've prayed over hundreds of high school students who were sent out to other colleges, to other universities. Father, that they prayed about it. They asked you for it, their direction for their life. And Lord, they were a light on many campuses, started campus ministries, other places. They actually were used in great ways, Lord. We're believing that for those who are being sent out and blessed out of this house. Lord, I believe in that for the Snelsons, for Elisa. Lord, I pray that she would have a great marriage. I pray Eli would do everything she says. God bless her, bless her, bless her. Father, we thank you for Tyler. I just pray you bless him in the next season for direction. It's, it's hard leaving somebody, a, a people that you built with for so long. I pray you bless him. Father, bless Hopefully his marriage, if it happens. Lord, we just pray for David and Lauren. God, we thank you for Hank. I pray that Hank would be the healthiest kid in the world. God, I pray that he would never be sick. God, I pray for his immune system to be boosted. I pray that you would bless them and touch them and use them mightily. Father, we are grateful to do life. Lord, I just pray that we would never um, sweep over people. But Lord, we honor those who have served, those who have loved well. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I have 12 minutes to preach a sermon to you. Psalm 34. We're in a series called Unwrapped. It's a fun series. Um, and kind of fun. It's kind of real. It's more real than fun. It's real fun, actually. Um, so the Unwrapped series is this. is The fact is that 45% of of people in the United States are just ready for Christmas to be over. In fact, they, this is the month that mental health professionals see the most clientele. It's, it's where people are oftentimes sad because of broken expectations, unmet expectations that we talked about last week. Or maybe they feel some depression and anxiety that I want to touch on this morning. Or maybe they've lost a loved one, which I want to talk about next week. Well, whatever the case is, it's not so exciting for everyone. Maybe you thought you'd be in a different stage of life. Maybe you've been waiting for your family to get started and it just hasn't happened quite yet. For whatever reason, I just think in the holiday season we can wrap ourselves up and we can fake it till we make it, hoping that it'll be over. Hoping that it'll end. I want to talk briefly about that. Psalm 34, 18 says this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Or as the message would say, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Have you ever been hit so hard that you lost your breath? I have. I was in first, second, third grade, one of those, can't remember. But as we were playing kickball, um, this kid came up to me and he punched me in the gut. Wow. And I was like, <gasps> and then he punched me in the face and it started bleeding. I just got beat up. That's what happened. It's a true story, very humbling, don't like to talk about it. I went to tell my mom and she saw blood coming from my face. She went to chase this kid down. <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, <laughs> don't mess with mama. So as that was happening, um, man, I just could not catch my breath. And my friends are there, and they're like, breathe, just breathe. And, and I'm starting to get composure, and I'm starting to breathe again. And, and that's what happens when you get punched in the gut. You forget how to breathe. And, and how many of you know that, that life sometimes will punch you in the gut, won't it? 
But here we find the truth. The truth is, is that God will help you catch your breath. God will help you catch your breath. It is a promise that we stand on. If you've been punched in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. He'll help you keep going. And in Lamentations, we have the prophet Jeremiah. And for 40 years, Jeremiah told Israel, we need to repent. We need to ask for forgiveness. Am I just a broken record right now? No one's listening to me. The temple is destroyed. We're now in captivity. And here is Jeremiah's lament. He is a little depressed. In Lamentations 3, verse 16, he has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away, and I've forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Depression can kind of catch you off guard. And you don't really know what to do, so you just lament. Just start lamenting. There's a psychologist who was walking on the beach, and as he's walking along the beach, he kicked a bottle. He picked up the bottle, and out popped a genie. The genie gave him one wish. He wasn't a three-wish genie. I don't know why. He just one wish, and he said, "What do you need?" He said, "I love Hawaii. I love vacationing in Hawaii, and I would love to get to Hawaii with an easier means of transportation. Can you build a road from California to Hawaii?" And the genie thought about it. And it's a lot of pilings, it's a lot of asphalt, it's a lot of road, it's a lot to ask for. Psychologists thought, well, you know, I mean, I just kicked this bottle, I wasn't expecting much today. How about this? How about, I'm, would you just help me understand my patients? Help them know what they're going through and help me make them happy. Help me understand them and listen to them better. Can you just help with that? The genie responded, do you want two lanes or four? Right, because yeah. <laughs> depression is a hard topic. People with problems is a big deal, right? How many of you know it's a big deal when you have problems and there's no easy answers? There's no easy answers when it comes to being depressed. It's no easy answers for the 45% of people who came in this room this morning. And depression, it's described as this, a mood or disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. It begins to plague you and you get sad and a loss of interest. And I'm not just talking about clinically depressed. I really think all of us have been depressed from time to time, haven't we? Maybe depressed because of your circumstance, your situation, your job. Maybe, maybe you came in depressed this morning because they ran out of baked goods at the cafe. I don't know. <laughs> but what I do want to know is I want to talk about three truths. Three truths about your thoughts. I want to talk about three things on your thoughts. And then I want to talk about maybe some answers to walk out with this morning to help you through such a hard time. The first thing is the devil lies to your thoughts. The devil lies to your thoughts. John 8.44 says this. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. He is the liar, but he's the best first impressioner. You know what I mean? He's the 
guy you meet at the party who has all the stories, you know? He's climbed Mount Everest. He's got every continent. He's like the man's man. He is amazing. He makes this first impression. You're like, dude, you are so awesome. And then a few weeks later, you realize he's never climbed Mount Everest. And the only continent he's been to is another city just a few miles away. He's just a big liar. And, and that's what the devil loves to do in your thought life. He loves to tell you that this is fun. This is exciting. Sin is great. It's so amazing. It's enticing. And we know it's fun. We know it's exciting. It appeals to every flesh, every sensory we have. Sin can, has an answer for, but, but he's a liar because he doesn't tell you what's on the other side. He doesn't tell you the whole truth. He doesn't tell you the consequence. He doesn't tell you any of that. The, the second thing that, uh, that is true about our thoughts is that the world loves to pollute our thoughts. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. Don't live like the world. They are darkened and their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. When I was a senior in high school, I got a license, and the license said that I was 18. And as an 18 year old, I could go to any rated R movie I wanted. It was awesome. It was like freedom. And so this great movie came out called Fight Club. All my friends went to go see it. Yes, let's do it. We went really late at night, which is not a good idea. I don't recommend this movie from the stage. And as I was walking or watching this movie, it was, it was dark. And it was sick. And it left me confused. And it, it started messing with my mind. And I realized, man, this movie is not good. I remember coming home and talking to my mom and dad about this. I, I began to say, I just saw this dark, sick movie and it's messed with me. They actually listened and then prayed for me because they train up a child in the way he should go. In that moment, I remembered that. But, but a few months later, I was hanging out with my friends, and they were like, hey, Fight Club came out on DVD. Do you want to watch it? Sure. So I'm sitting there watching it. As I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, man, dude, this is kind of cool. I kind of like this. And then we started watching all the time. And then we were like, man, let's start an old Fight Club. Like, let's get this going. Come on, man. And that's exactly what the world does. It starts polluting and twisting and making you numb. Very quickly. The thing that you were convicted about yesterday by the Holy Spirit, you'll become hardened to today. And where you get hard, you're just a step away from it tomorrow of walking in that darkness. And that's what begins to happen. And then the third thing happens is you just confuse yourself. You start confusing yourself in your thought life. Psalm 10.1, the, the psalmist David, who, who was a man after God's own heart, says this, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in time of trouble? Hey, the psalmist is starting to get confused. You see, God's not far off. God's not hiding. We're the ones who are hiding. He's the one who's seeking. He's the one who's searching. He's the one who's looking. It is us who are hiding. And the psalmist began to get in his mind and just started confusing himself. 
And that's what we do is we start confusing ourselves. We start, we start getting in our minds, start believing things. We start seeing things. We start talking ourselves and start having this weird monologue with ourselves. It's like weird. We start thinking weird things. Like, what would it be like if I didn't marry her? What would it be like if we just didn't have kids? We start this, this little thought process. We, we start thinking maybe just silly things like driving down the road and like, man, I just want to pull this car off the road. So you may thought that? Wow, it's so weird. And, and when you think that, it's, it's so weird. And, and if you have these weird thoughts, you have these weird thinking, the way to get power over that is to start voicing it. One pastor said, never be alone with your thoughts. So good. If you start voicing them, you realize how silly they are. How, how silly they actually are as you're sitting with your community group or your discipleship group and you start voicing these things. You realize, man, James 5 is true. And when I confess with my mouth, there's healing. I say confess my sins to one another. So I start saying these things. It's not about the advice that Pastor Ben's going to give you at the coffee shop. It's not about the advice that somebody's going to give you necessarily. It's you just confessing. You realize this has no hold on me. It's great. But the more that it stays in your mind, the more it has power. The more it has power. And so we, we sometimes need to confess these things. And, and you'll never change your life until you change the way you think. You won't change the way you think until you change your mind. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind. Now, now I will say this, that the only people who have the ability to renew their mind are those who are found by Jesus. The only people who have the ability to renew their mind are those who have experienced the salvation and grace of Jesus Christ. And Lamentations 3 will pick it up. Verse 20. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. I'll never forget it. Yet, everybody say yet. Yes. I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. For us to hope, for us to have hope, we have to remember what God did for us. For those who are in Christ, God has done something for you. For those who are not in Christ, you are a step away from renewing your mind. It's giving your life over to Jesus. Three things that we have to do as we fight all three of these thoughts. The first one is we have to talk to God. We have to start praying. We have to start including Him in the conversation that's already happening in our head. We have to pray. Second thing, we have to talk to close friends. You have to talk to your community group. You have to talk to your brothers, your sisters. You have to talk. 
You have to start letting things out so healing can be let in. The third thing is we have to read God's word every day. You know, as, as you're being accused and you're being lied at, you're being lied to, then what happens is there's a moment where you have to cross-examine that person. And the only way you cross-examine somebody in the courtroom is you have to bring a truth. You have to bring something that has power, that has, has something that is timeless, something that is true for you, and that is found in God's Word. If you aren't praying every day and reading God's Word every day and meeting with a group of people, you'll never have power over your thoughts. This is how you start to get renewed. In verse 23, his mercies are new every morning. New every morning. That means no matter what you did last night, it's new today. Jesus makes all things new. As we come to him and place faith in him and trust in him, Jesus starts making all things new. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Ultimately, we can stop being depressed when we start depending on him. If you want to be lifted up this morning, you want a new mind, you want these thoughts to change, you have to look at Jesus. No genie, no medicine, Nothing ultimately will help you. Sure, we know that medicines can help. Sure, we know that psychologists can help. Sure, we know that counselor can help. At the end of the day, a new mind comes from Jesus. We stand with each church this morning as we get ready to dismiss. Whatever season you're in this morning, I want to encourage you. You know, something that Brandy and I do is mostly out of eight years, we've had a pretty good Christmas. I don't know why, maybe it's we like shopping and, you know, buying gifts and opening gifts and Christmas lights and almost dying off of ladders as we're hanging those. I mean, you know, maybe it's the adrenaline of it. I don't know. But we, we love Christmas, we love Christmas time, but what we realize is that, that we married into families that aren't perfect, and not everybody is perfect at Christmas. And as we drive to Brandy's house multiple years that we've done Christmas there, we know that we can't go in our strength and our power, but we need the hope of Jesus. So we sit there and we pray together. We hold hands as we're driving down the road. We're almost there and we say, Jesus, I pray that anybody who's depressed, anybody who's anxious, anybody who's hopeless, would they see Jesus? Would they see the light of Jesus through us? Would it permeate as we're in that household? Would it permeate? Would they start changing? Would they start changing their atmosphere. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would redeem this day. And this day would be joyful and it would be glorious. And that they would see Jesus in everything we do and say. And they would see Jesus. And then, then through that, then they would start asking questions just to wonder who you are. 
and why we live so passionately for you. Would you light up this house with the love of Jesus? And for you, so maybe you are in a great place. Maybe you're doing awesome. 45% of you are not, statistically. And 45% of your household may not be in a great place. But you have the hope of the world that lives inside of you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, God, to hear your word, to dedicate babies, to worship the king who is on the throne. Father, I thank you for everybody that you brought to this house this morning. I pray you would bless them. I pray that you would, God, start using them greatly to be the light of Jesus in their homes, in their families, in their workplace, and in this city. God, we thank you for what you're doing. You're so great. You're so marvelous. If you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, there's no self-help book. There's no formula. There's nothing that you can do to help renew your mind except to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you have not made the Jesus, made Jesus the Lord of your life this morning, there's going to be some prayer workers up here who would love to pray for you and pray with you as you invite Jesus to make you new. We love you. Be blessed this week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message.